This is the Entrepreneur Unleashed Show, episode 16 with Ramey Chasse. The Entrepreneur Unleashed. The Entrepreneur Unleashed. Entrepreneurs Unleashed. The podcast where purpose and passion become revenue streams. Be real. Take a stand. Change lives. Here's your host, Patty Keating. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Unleashed show. I'm your host, Patty Keating. Entrepreneurs everywhere are creating a new breed of business success. They're making their own rules, taking a stand for their purpose, leading through integrity, and making money by changing lives. Join me each week for compelling messages that will inspire and empower you to unleash your true purpose. Would you like to turn your message into a signature system and monetize it with a program or product online? Join me for the online biz webinar, where we'll take you through the steps required to monetize your message. Head on over to the onlinebizwebinar.com and reserve your spot today. Today's guest is Ramey Chausse, and I'm so excited to have her with us today. She's not only a kick in the pants, but she's a (laughs) no-nonsense lady. She might quite possibly be the number one unstuckologist. She has this x-ray vision for seeing the trouble spots that exist in in frozen situations. Have you ever had one of those happen? I know I have. Never. (laughs) (laughs) And, And she's super creative and knows how to transform those situations instantly. So I'm really excited to bring her to you to give you some tips and just share her expertise and her journey. She's also the best-selling author of Living Life as an exclamation point, and she's the creator of the Get Unstuck Revolution. Who wants to be part of that? (laughs) It's for extraordinary women with big-ass dreams who are ridiculously unsatisfied with status quo. So welcome, Remy. Thank you. And you have to kind of do a little eye roll when you say ridiculously unsatisfied, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm so glad you're here. This is going to be so much fun. Oh, it's great to be here. I'm loving getting to know you more every single day. As you've probably gathered, I don't like to do anything small. So I have to do a whole revolution. I can't just do like a business, right? (laughs) That's right. That's not fun. Yeah, so I help people get unstuck, find the calling that's been placed on their soul and ignite their own revolution. Because what I found is that so many people play small and they don't really want to, but they don't necessarily know how to play big. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Or they know how to play big somewhere, but they need your help to really release that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that's kind of what inspired me to start doing it this way, because that was kind of the journey that that I was in, not because I had the habit of playing small, but because I went through what I call a spiritual injury, which is what I call something that shatters your soul, something that just hits you so deeply. And so for me, what I discovered one day while I was out for a walk was that I was being abused by my minister and my church. And P.S. the minister was my husband. Oh, my goodness. Right. And so, boy, talk about here's the one person you put all your trust into, not just because he's your husband, but because he's your minister. And then how do you stand up against a church and say you're abusing me? I mean, it's just such an impossible situation. 
And so in trying to navigate through that, that's how I ended up playing small, mostly sitting in a pile of tears in my hallway is how how that started. But at the time, it was like I felt like I was so stuck and knotted up in the situation without a clue how to get out of it. And I couldn't find anybody who had the expertise in that sort of a trifecta. You know, but what I discovered as I was researching and talking to people that the most common thing I kept hearing was, I feel stuck, I feel stuck. And I came to realize it doesn't really matter what got you stuck. It's like when you're in it and you can't get out of it, it's like that's the, that's the thing where people really need the help. Right. So how did your business start from this? Well, it started from trying to find somebody who, who could help. I looked at therapists and life coaches. I went through somebody who did the EFT, the tapping, creative visualization. I mean, you name it. I just I went to everybody and it just I couldn't find anything that would help. So it really forced me to research. And, and what I would do whenever I picked up a book to read it, I just pretended that that author was my personal coach, which is like my number one tip for the day. You can pick up a, a book at, for $9.99 at the store or even go to the dollar bookstore and find something and let that author coach you if you read it from that perspective mm-hmm. is, is a really great way to get unstuck. Mm, that's great. Yeah. So what major obstacles showed up on your path once you started your business? Well, it was kind of understanding the early struggle. You know, every business, either when you start up or when you're looking for your next revolution, looking to up-level, every single business goes through this stage of early struggle. It's inescapable. But what a lot of people, I think, don't understand in the structural format of this is that you have to go through a stage of exposure, 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 promote, 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 aggressive marketing, not light marketing. The aggressive marketing is what gets you out of that early struggle. Well, for me, I'm such a metrics person. I really wanted to put a number on that. And so my obstacle was figuring out what that number was. And when I looked at it, I thought, well, if you have a one-on-one business, like if you're a life coach or you know a bicycle repair person, you're doing one job or one person at a time, your exposure needs to be about 150 new people a month you need to be exposed to, to be able to build up your client base. If you have an online business, that number needs to be closer to a thousand new people a month that you're being exposed to, to flesh out those ones that you want to work with. So when I'm saying aggressive marketing, I really do mean aggressive Mm -hmm. exposure with a capital E. Hell, let's just capitalize the entire word exposure. (laughs) (laughs) With an exclamation point at the end. With an exclamation (laughs) point at the end, right? (laughs) And so that was your obstacle. How did you move through that challenge? Well, you know, it it really is just one foot in front of the other, one step at a time. All all you need is just the one next step. That was that was probably one of my big lessons. In fact, as I'm thinking about it, there were probably three big lessons that you only need one next step. Some days you're going to do six steps or 20 steps if you have a great team that's built out. But if you make sure that every single day you at least take one next step, that was one of my big lessons. All right. And probably my second big lesson was a belief in self, a belief in your dreams. You know, there's a a day you wake up when you realize there's a calling that's been placed on your soul. And once you recognize that, you can't dream too large or dare too much. You've got to have the belief in the dream. It's been revealed to you for a reason. Mm-hmm. And it, that's kind of this dichotomy where I would see people that are playing small, wanting to play big. And there's like this this crossroads that you come to where the universe is kind of asking you to choose the direction. How long and, have you, 
Go, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say probably the third lesson, the biggest lesson for me is that I always know what's right for me. Mm-hmm. And living with that truth and making those choices every time you're at a crossroads is like really tough because we're sort of, especially as women, we're raised like, can't we all get along? And we're raised to be nurturers. And in nurturing the, nurturing the other person, are you also nurturing yourself? So for me, being reseated in the idea that I always know what's right for me. Mm-hmm big lesson. (laughs) We can capitalize that word too. (laughs) How long have you had your business, Ramey? The way it's formed right now with the revolution uh, is a little more recent, maybe two and a half years, but this business probably four and a half, five years, maybe, maybe a little bit more, but, but I really kicked it up a notch to be a revolution a, a little more recently. Nice. So tell us what you're passionate about right now. Uh, probably I would say the Get Unstuck Expert Cafe which is at get, un- get unstuck expert cafe.com. The reason I'm so passionate about that right now is that when I looked at the idea of getting stuck or getting unstuck, I'm good at telling you how you get stuck and how to get out of it, but it's only one perspective. And I thought if I could bring in other experts, therapists, ministers, spiritual advisors, life coaches, I mean, authors, you name it, to give their perspective on how to get unstuck, I thought, now that's really hot. Because when I was stuck, I really didn't want just one perspective. Because you go to that one life coach and they have kind of a limited viewpoint, right? right? And sometimes it's this different viewpoint that maybe doesn't have the right thing, but you combine it with the first person and all of a sudden you've got some magic. Yes. So I really love the idea of bringing in different perspectives on how to get unstuck. So you've got this cafe and how long have you had the cafe? You know, it's so funny. I started this uh, years ago, four and a half, five years ago, and didn't know what to do with it (laughs) because it was in part of my own journey. I was interviewing people. Well, what do you do about this? I remember one day I had a woman on the phone who was a psychotherapist and an ordained minister, and she had a degree in metaphysics. I mean, what a wonderful person to talk to. And so I would do these interviews with these people and I'd put them on Facebook and then they would sit there and not get any attention because I didn't know how to promote them. Right. Yeah. So I started doing this actually quite some time ago. So you've got a lot of information in that cafe. I know. Right. Then I had to figure out how to, you know, exposure, exposure, exposure. Yes. And, (laughs) And so what's your vision for your business for the next, oh, say three to five years? You know, my most recent book is called How to Get Unstuck, How to Get Out of Status Quo and Get Past Go in 30 Easy Steps. It's like this little amazing, like each chapter is only a page or two with a little exercise, a little quotable that you can meditate on or think about. And my vision is to get that in front of 40 million people. Now, I figure if Tina Turner can sell 240 million albums, I can put out 40 million books. Okay, we'll put that in the show notes, too, and help you out. It may not be in five years. It may take the rest of my life, but that's okay. (laughs) And tell us why you're passionate about getting that book in front of those people. Well, because it's so easy. It's so easy. It's like not a book. Here's my um, soapbox issue. When I pick up a book, a self-help book or a personal development book, and they spend nine chapters telling you how much you suck. And then the last chapter, they finally get around telling you how to get over it. It's like I'm depressed by the time I get to the last chapter, right? (laughs) So I wrote mine so that each chapter was about a bite. You could pick it up anywhere. Uh When you get unstuck at chapter three or four, you can pick it up again six months later, the next time you get stuck, right? Uh Uh Start over. So I just, it's my favorite thing. It sounds like you have a real passion for helping people move forward. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, truly. 
So tell us what the best advice you ever received. Tell us what that might be. You know, I wish I could say it was from my mom or from some mentor, but it really fell out of my own mouth one day. Has that ever happened to you where you say something and you turn to look to say who said that? <laughs> I, was, I was working with somebody who did creative visualizations and I was sitting on his couch and I said, you know, making big money is what I do best and to think anything else is absurd. And I heard it come out of my own face and I was like, who just said that? <laughs> but the truth is, it's like, when you find that a calling's been placed on your soul, you can't dream too large or dare too much. It like, And I looked at that and said, well, if I think about lack, of course, I'm going to magnetize more of that to me. But now that I know that thinking of that is absurd, that's my own word. It's my own advice, right? Why not take my own advice? Yes. Yeah. So if you look back to the beginning of your business, what would you say the the biggest personal growth you experienced as a result of that journey would be? Learning how to protect my own energy. You know, energy is a big topic. And I believe that we all have an energy that's very natural to us. For me, it would be optimism. Optimism and enthusiasm, which I kind of combine into its own energy, which would be enthusiastic optimism. I have to protect my own energy. If I allow other people into my universe that want to suck that energy from me or stomp on it or squish it, I'm just, I'm really no good. But when I realize that I'm happiest in my own energy, then not only do I protect it, but now I can share it with others. So protecting that energy and realizing if I get into a relationship, whether it's in business or personal or just a friend, and I walk away from that engagement and I feel like just the life has been sucked out of me. I know it's time to, to begin protecting it because mm. it really is my most natural resource. Yes. Okay. Well, you know, personal growth shows up in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it sneaks up and we grow and we don't even notice it. <laughs> yeah, so true. And then oh, we, my goodness. And then we look back and we think, why was I, you know, why was I making those choices last year or last month or, or whatever? And, and you realize that it's because who you are is actually changed. You know, I, I don't know how old you are. I'm 56 years old. But the first day that you turn on the oldie station and you go, what? <laughs> how is that an oldie? It's kind of, it's kind of the same experience where you look back and you go, what? Why did I used to do it that way? <laughs> That's exactly true. My kids turn that on in the car and I'm like, oh my gosh, this station rocks. And they're like, yeah, it's the oldies. Dad listens to it too. <laughs> oh my gosh, how did that happen? They need to rename that station. They've got oh, it mislabeled. Gosh, I tell you. <laughs> just call it goodies. Not oldies, but goodies. Just goodies. <laughs> Uh, okay, so tools and resources. Mm, yeah. What gadgets or tools do you use that um, really makes your life easier? You know, I, I'm not technical. When I stood in line at heaven before I came into this life, I, I forgot to stand in the line to get anything technical. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm not technology um, oriented at all. It's got to be something easy and it has to be very visual. So I love, I'm playing right now with Trello, T-R-E-L-L-O. It's, it's like Evernote, which, which is my other favorite, but it's, it's like Evernote, but for organizing a team or organizing a whole project. Oh, nice. And it's almost like having virtual sticky notes. 
And so where Evernote may call it a, a board or Pinterest may call it a pen, Trello calls it boards. Like if you have a vision board for this person, a vision board for that person, but on the board is their tasks and they can be moved around. <laughs> so that's the new thing I'm playing with. <laughs> it sounds like you have a, a bit of creativity in you. You like the, uh, <laughs> the visual aspect of planning. Well, I have to see, I have to see what I'm doing. Yeah, you know, if yeah. I can't see it, it doesn't get done. Right. So Trello, we'll put that in the show notes as well. What's your favorite tool these days? You know, I started using Asana. I think it's about How do you spell three that? weeks. A S A N A. Um, with my team about three weeks ago, maybe four weeks ago, and you know, I got that from one of my podcast guests mm-hmm. um, who recommended it. I've heard it from a few of them now. And I was using Nosby previously, and I like Nosby. I really like Asana, and my team is is engaging with each other using that. You can comment on tasks. You can assign. Everybody can assign tasks. You can mm-hmm. tag. You know, so that's one of my favorite things right now. Sounds sounds very familiar. It does. I, I still I know a lot of people love to use Google Docs, and I still worry about setting up a Google Doc and somebody you know deletes half of it. Oh, you know, so so I love the idea of using one of these other technologies instead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so resources, books, podcasts, blogs. What are you oh. tuned into? What do you like? You know, I have two favorite books. I, I want to do a quick time check here because I'd love to talk about both of them since they both impacted me business wise. I mean, I could oh, I could give ahead. you a list of a hundred books that impacted me personally, but one of them is Predictable Success. The thing I love about that is he gives a little. And he's got a little beginning webinar on his on his on the predictable success website. But he talks about these phases. One of them I mentioned earlier, early struggle. And not only do you see what phase you're in and what phase is coming up next, but he tells you how to deal with each one. So once you get through early struggle, you enter what he calls fun, which is where you start making the money. And as you grow through that, then you get into a phase called whitewater, which is very descriptive, where everything starts going wrong. And it forces you to put systems into your business, because if you don't, it's just going to you're going to drown. But if you get them in, then you get into predictable success. And as your business continues to grow, if you don't become flexible with your systems, then you start having like the whole thing happens in reverse. You stop falling apart again. So I love his his idea, and I've never really heard anybody put business planning and business systems quite into an easy formula like he does. Just oh, just we'll love that book. Well. The other thing he talks about that I love are the three types of business owners: one being the visionary, which would be me; one being the like the operations person. And one being the more numbers, metrics, bean counter type person. And when we first start in business and startups, we have to wear all three hats, which can be quite a challenge, especially when you're growing. But he uses a great personality test to see which one you are. And I'm like almost 50-50 visions operations. So I have to be very careful because I'll just spend like two and a half years totally in the operations and forget that I'm a visionary. <laughs> yes. And right? the visionary <laughs> is the one who's out, you know, being yeah. seen, right? Yeah. Yeah. And also the rainmaker. So somebody's got to stay ahead of the operations person making the rain, right? So I so I love that book. The other book that I truly love, a couple of books by Victor Chang, C-H-E-N-J. He's a MBA smarty pants business guy. But one of his books is on how to go from a million in revenue to 25 million. And when I read it, I could see it even starts with startups from zero to a million. 
And then his other book is How to Recession Proof Your Business, which is great really anytime, just common sense book. But what I gleaned from his work that I love is how to choose distribution channels because you can go out to networking groups one by one, you know, come home with five business cards and hope that somebody's going to become a client. Or you can find a distribution channel like Amazon or YouTube or Udemy or a podcast channel and really reach 150 a month if you're a one-on-one person or a thousand people a month if you're an online business. So his idea of how to find the distribution channels is genius. And his other perspective is it's your job as the business owner to go and find the oil well. And once you strike oil, turn it over to your team and go find the next oil well. And I'm like, learning this was just, I'll sit there and drill oil until I'm just exhausted. And then suddenly we need to do oil well, right? Operations manager. That is so true. It's, you know, you've you've got all this business coming in and then it starts to, they start to leave and move on. And then people will be out, okay, now I need to market instead of the consistency that's required. And we have to have a team in order to do that. We have to. And even and even think of it this way. Even if you find this one magical oil well, this one genius that you have, the calling that's been placed on your soul, and you're really good at it, you might have 20 different ways to expand it. But if you're just drilling the one oil well, you can't see that you could have a whole new audience, a whole new product, mm-hmm. a whole new method of delivering if you're just focused on drilling that one oil well. And reach more people. Yeah. And the people drilling your team, they don't know how to be the visionary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let them do what they're great at. Let them do what they're hello. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a big lesson for a lot of yes. people once they have created their business and, you know, they've had some success and then, you know, they've worked so hard and nurtured it and, and bootstrapped and, and then, okay, now you need to let all of that go. Delegate. Well, it's hard It's hard for the visionary to let go because we're used to doing it ourselves for so long. But I learned something from one of my mentors that, that I'll never forget about building the team. When you bring in a team person, you don't necessarily have to pay them in the beginning for this reason. Let's say that you have an, uh, an audience of 2,500. There are going to be a few people that are already raising their hands. Can I come and work with you? They like want to be an intern. So you start there. You're not paying them yet because you're getting to know each other. And if it's a good fit on both sides, then you start with a 30-day contract. Mm -hmm. But people get all hung up in this idea of hiring. Mm -hmm. And what if I make a mistake? And what if they take my material and move on to their own thing? Well, that's why you have these two, like, probationary periods. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like a renewable 30-day contract. Maybe you renew it another 30 days. And then maybe you renew it for three months the next time. And then maybe you renew it for six months the next time. But we get into this commitment phobia. And part of it is we don't know how to be the manager, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So Little true. baby steps. That's what I love. <laughs> One step at a time. That's, that's all right. you need. <laughs> and, you know, you step into it and then you grow. You have to grow into who you need to be in order to be there. And then you take the next step. Right. Right. You may really suck at being the manager and realize that the person that you that you just, quote unquote, hired, they don't know how to be managed and you've got something falling apart. Well, if you're only on a 30 day thing, well, it's easy to to repair. The next person you bring in is more of a manager type. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Remy. So looking back, if you were to do it all over again. Uh, Yes. (laughs) What would you tell your younger self? My younger business self, I would say start building the list early. 
I wanted to build my foundation first because when I started, my confidence was at a lifetime low. But I, I wish I'd put more effort on building the list in my younger business self. In my younger personal self, I wish I hadn't wasted time on toxic relationships. Mm. Now, granted, they're there. Uh, every person you meet to me is a spiritual partner. They're there to give to bring you your lessons. But could we could we learn without the toxicity? Mm. <laughs> That's what I would tell my younger self. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Thank you so much for Thank sharing you. everything with us today. I, I so appreciate it. And I love the work you're doing and look forward to, you know, getting into the cafe and, and hearing some of the great material you have. We'll put a link to the cafe. I'm just wanting to turn all these questions back on you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, with all these people you've been interviewing, surely you've got some really great ones. You know, I, I'd love to be inside your head. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can make that happen. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ramy. Thank you. Would you like to turn your message into a signature system and monetize it with a program or product online? Join me for the online biz webinar where we'll take you through the steps required to monetize your message. Head on over to the onlinebizwebinar.com and reserve your spot today. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Entrepreneur Unleashed show. If you did, please go to pattykeating.com and let me know what you're up to this year in your business. While you're there, be sure to grab your copy of Five Quick Ways to Share Your Expertise. <laughs> 